Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. At long last, we're back to a game day edition of the HHC. Hornets on the road tonight. They'll take on the Chicago Bulls. We'll have a game preview for that one for you. Also want to talk about the recent announcement of Rookie of the Month honors. No, Brandon Miller did not win it for the Eastern Conference, but he was at least on the list. We'll give you our takes on it, and we'll talk about the general state of the Hornets with someone who knows the team as well as anyone out there. We read his coverage each and every day, and recommend that you should as well. From the Charlotte Observer, the great Rod Boone with us once again. First time this season here on the Hornets Hivecast, but certainly no stranger to the HHC. Rod, it's great to see you. We see it basically every single day of the season, but it's great to have you in studio today. Anytime, Sam. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Well, let's start off just general state of the team. Unfortunately, this season, much like last season, has been dictated by absences. Who's not there has influenced things more than who is there. I think Charlotte has survived it okay. There's definitely within striking distance, and there's a lot of optimism that the team can and will be whole at some point in the hopefully not too distant future. But what's your overall take on the team, how they've dealt with the injuries, and maybe more importantly, what they could look like once they're whole? I think you you said it's pretty much been more of the same the last couple of years. The Hornets have had at least one player injured. It seems like almost every year, for like the last half dozen plus years here. And even going back to last year, Steve Clifford's first year here, he hasn't had his full team. Um, whether it's being the mellow ball hurt, Terry Rozier hurt, obviously Miles Bridges not being around, Gordon Hayward being hurt. It seems like they're snake bit with injuries. But even saying that this year, they have more talent than they had the last couple of years. So at least they have more to kind of like sustain till they actually get back healthy. And that's the next thing too, is you're right. When they do get healthy, when, if, hopefully at some point, they have like the roster that you actually can feel like could be a playoff type team. They have all the components. They have the big man inside with Mark Williams 
and Nick Richards actually helping behind him. They have the great wing play with Brendan Miller. You have Miles Bridges back in the mix. If you get LaMelo playing the way he was, averaging 30-plus points a game the way he was before he got hurt, this team has all the components. So once again, it's more about just can they stay healthy? If they can, they can play with anybody in the league, from my perspective. And with the Hornets, you look at the teams in their general neighborhood in the Eastern Conference standings, just into the playoff picture, play-in tournament, just outside the playoff picture or play-in tournament. You see a lot of teams that you kind of know generally what they are. They have had all their players playing for at least a game this season, unless it's someone who unfortunately is just out for the entire year due to injury. That's not the case with the Hornets. We've had, I think, 15 minutes of one game where the big three were all available, and that's not taking into consideration other guys who still remain out but are are maybe more on the fringes. For most teams, if you have your big three available, you're not going to be able to point them and say, oh, well, your third-string point guard wasn't there, so that's a reason for winning and losing. It's more than that for the Hornets, but still, if you're an outsider looking at this team, you can't look at them and objectively say they've had their squad. But if they get those three together, I think at that point it's fair to judge. That said, I always like to do power rankings when we have a newish guest come in or a newish one for the season. Just to get a sense of where they see the team and make some comparisons to other major publications. You know the league as well as anyone. I'll ask you the question. In the hierarchy of 30 NBA teams, where would you rank the Hornets right now? Either taking into consideration the injuries or just saying hey here's what the team has been so far this season here's how I would rate them out of 30. They're probably toward the bottom third obviously right now in terms of their wins in terms of the roster the way it is and with their injuries right now they just haven't had the season that we thought they would have because they haven't had their full team just yet so you can't put them in the top three top third because they aren't that good right now second third is a little bit to me again hard to tell because we haven't had the whole team so to me the last third is where it should be probably around 20 five, six, seven, somewhere in that range because, again, they have the talent. I think, to me, the Boston game kind of showed you what this team can be. They didn't have their full team. Terry Rozier was obviously out, but they still found a way to win that game against, the, to me, what people think would be the best team in the Eastern Conference. and could be a final you know, champion at some point. So that showed you what they can be, but as of right now, like an incomplete because you can't really judge them. So I would say 26 Five, seven, eight, somewhere around there from my perspective. So you put them in in that range. The power rankings we're going to use for this exercise at NBA.com's, their most recent, actually a little bit more optimistic than you. They have the Hornets currently at number 24. So I'm going to give you the three teams directly behind the Hornets. I want you to tell me which one, based off of your estimate there, you think should have been ahead of Charlotte, or maybe we'll get you to revise your estimate. I'm always, you know, I'm such a pessimist. I usually (laughs) tend to go low, but uh, we, we actually, they went above of your pick. So here we go. The three teams that were directly below the Hornets in these most recent power rankings, the Utah Jazz, who were kind of a surprise team early last season, then faded. Uh, they're off to a 6-13 and start this year. The Portland Trailblazers, who were the number three pick in the draft last year. A lot of talk between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson right now, and more Brandon Miller, but that's next segment, so put that one on the back burner. They're 6-12 and right now, and then you've got the Memphis Grizzlies who are clearly dealing with a lot of absences. They are 5-13. and 13. So one through line here, they all have a worse record than the Charlotte Hornets, and all of them are also Western Conference teams. Which one of those three would you have put ahead of the Hornets? Good question. Probably, if, if it was one, it probably be the Jazz. I feel like the Jazz have one of those teams that their roster, again, is not as bad maybe as the record indicates. And Laurie Markin is one of those guys who can go out there and fill the basket up 
but they have, I didn't even think about it twice. So I feel like they're one of those teams, especially in the West, a little more competitive out there, tougher teams night in and night out, difficult travel, travel across the mountains and whatnot. But the Jazz, to me, right around probably where the Hornets should be. So I, if you ask me one of those three teams, I would put the Utah Jazz for sure. How about your thoughts on the opportunity here for the Charlotte Hornets? If the Hornets are able to get Two wins here this week against Chicago, Toronto, a couple of teams that are like them on the outside looking in at the current play in tournament picture. I mean, th- this seems like a, a, an opportunity week. Normal rest, if not multiple days rest for each game. Charlotte's team in general getting healthier, although we don't expect LaMelo Ball to be even reevaluated, I think, for any of the games this week. Your thoughts on, on the opportunity in front of the Hornets? There's definitely a chance for them to actually pick up a couple of wins, as you mentioned. Chicago's struggling a little bit. They have a couple things going on with their roster trying to figure out how Zach Levine fits in there um, in terms of is he going to be around long term or is he going to be traded at some point in the next couple of weeks here before the deadline comes in, in February. And you just feel like the Bulls are one of those teams that just doesn't have it all together. So if you're the Hornets, you, you know you come off a tough loss. So you go up in there, maybe catch him off guard a little bit, sneak, sneak one, come on back home. And Toronto playing back home, again, as we talked about, this team a little bit this year um, with Coach Clifford about trying to establish a better home court um, advantage here. They haven't had very um, many wins here at home this year. So you come home on a Friday night against the Raptors, sneak that win, then you know, you're right there. So the Hornets, again, even with their injuries, their problems, they're like a four or five game win streak away from just putting it all together and being right back in the race. So even though they have had their struggles, they haven't been what they wanted to be so far you got to just tread water to be able to maintain where you're at. So when you get ready to this long West Coast trip coming up around Christmas time where you're in L.A. and Denver and you know, all those different places, you want to be able to at least have a chance to make amends for your slow start. Yeah, I 100% agree. We're still so early in the season. We're still in the first 20 games. Charlotte, I think, has more games remaining than any other team in the Eastern Conference. And, and when you look at the loss column, they're two games back of the 10 spot. They're four games back of the six spot. That's definitely doable in, uh, what, almost 60 plus games, so there, there's a lot of room here again, left for the Hornets. Right, again, with your whole team. Get your whole team together as healthy for at least maybe a game or two and see what you can do, and at that point maybe take off and have a win streak and you're right there in the playoff hunt. Hopefully we will soon find out. One thing we've already learned a lot about is the Hornets rookie class, Brandon Miller in particular off to a great start. We'll talk about him and the recognition he did or did not get from the NBA next here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Sam Farber with the great Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, our guest here today on the Hornets Hivecast. We'll have our game preview of tonight's matchup, Hornets at the Chicago Bulls, in a little bit. But right now, I want to talk about the Hornets' star rookie, Brandon Miller. He's been mostly due to injuries, but also due to his great play, elevated for the most part into the starting lineup over uh, the majority of his rookie season. His numbers, in my opinion, are tremendous. However, he was not recognized as the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month by the NBA. They kind of combined the October and November numbers together. The nod was given to Jaime Jaquez. If you've listened to our podcast, you know that I often get on my soapbox and talk about the disrespect I feel has been dealt to Brandon Miller and some of these rookie ladders rankings. There's a lot of them out there. Quite frankly, Sam Purley, lead writer of Hornets.com, likes to come over to my cubicle and just toss a grenade in there and say, hey, I saw a rookie ranking that said Brandon Miller is the 14th best rookie and then just walks off. (laughs) So he thinks that's hilarious. But the Rookie of the Month Award is a serious thing done by serious people from the NBA League offices. They go with Hawkes over Brandon Miller. I have my own thoughts. I would love to get yours first, though, Rod Boone. I think, uh, like anything else, the Hornets don't get much respect nationally from people for a number of reasons. They obviously haven't won a lot. People don't feel this is a big market, so they kind of get a little bit lost in the shuffle, per se. But, you know, Jaime Hawkes, again, Miami's having a really good season, so you can't discount that. But let me just give you one nugget here. Thanks to the old Hornets PR staff that helps us out some time with these stats. Now, unless I'm incorrect here, Brandon Miller is one of just two rookies this season, the other being OKC's Chet Holmgren, to rank in the top 10 among first-year players in points per game, rebounds per game, steals per game, blocks per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free-throw percentage. Now, unless I'm incorrect that tells me he's having a pretty good year. Now, again, I know he's been a little bit of a starter off the bench, so you can't really say, well, what is he? Well, he's just a basketball player. And to me, to not even have him in a conversation with just the same players that they feel like is, is, is the leader in, in the conference rookie race, per se, to me is ridiculous. Now, again, I know he's not flashy. He doesn't come out there and beat his chest, but he's a solid basketball player. And 
I think at some point he needs to get a little more respect because he's a better player than people have already given him credit for what I can tell out there publicly. I agree with you 100%. He deserves a lot more respect and, and his steadiness and his ability to play within the NBA game and really adapt quickly. I, I don't think he gets nearly as enough recognition. That said, as much as I get on my soapbox and, and complain about these rankings and players who, look, I don't have any venom towards Scoot Henderson or Asar Thompson or any, any of these other guys. I wish them all the best. I hope everyone has a ton of success. I just think Brandon Miller is clearly better than them. I don't feel I have a strong an argument against Jaime Jaquez. When you look at the numbers for the first month and a half of the season, Jaquez is averaging two and a half points less per game than Brandon Miller. That's within a shot a game. It's not so much that I think you shouldn't take team record and, and other factors into consideration. Shooting percentages, Hawkins is a little bit better, actually quite a bit better from the field, 52% to 45%, slightly better from three, 39% versus 38%. Rebounds, it's a negligible edge to Brandon Miller. Assists, about a half assist better to Jaime Hawkins. The long and the short of it is, while I think Brandon Miller is the better player long-term, and I think he personally, and I have purple and teal colored glasses on, is the better player in terms of what he's done the first month and a half of the season. I don't have a huge problem with Jaquez getting this one as I would if a couple other rookies from the Eastern Conference had gotten the nod over Brandon Miller. Well, I will say this too. When he came here and uh, had a little bit of the pre-draft workout for the Hornets, um, I was really impressed with him. And just his demeanor, uh, the way he spoke, you can tell like he was a basketball player, you know, a guy who was around the program for more than one, two, three years, seasoned player, and just gets it. So believe me, I'm with you. If you're going to lose to somebody in this race as a rookie in the Eastern Conference, losing to him not a bad thing because he seems to be a genuinely good person and on top of that, a good basketball player too. The most important thing for me is how does this project down the line? And I've had talks with a lot of people. I like Hawkins' game a lot. He's an older player. He is uh, maybe less of an athletic upside compared to some of the other top flight rookies. Um, he is nowhere near his ceiling now, but he's probably closer to his than a Brandon Miller is. So Hawkins is having a great rookie year. He deserves this award, but I would still, I think most people in front offices would have taken Brandon Miller over Hawkins if it was a one versus one comparison. But the most important thing, what does this mean for the future? And I got a couple of names here. All of these guys, I think we'd both agree, these are all-star or fringe all-star level players, certainly top three scorers on just about any team in the NBA. Brandon Ingram, Zach Levine, R.J. Barrett. Pretty good trio any team in the NBA would want any of those guys, right, Brad? Absolutely. Those are all good players. So their rookie numbers, again, Brandon Miller, 14.4 points per game, 38% three-point shooter, four rebounds per game. Brandon Ingram as a rookie. Nine points per game, 40% field goal rate, 29% from three. Clearly, he's been an all-star since then. Uh, Zach Levine, rookie year, 10 points per game, 42% from the field, 34% from three. Obviously, he's excelled since then, multiple-time all-star. He's basically averaged 23 points, 20 points or more per game for each of the last six seasons. And then R.J. Barrett, younger guy, but still similar jump. 14 points per game, right on the nose in his rookie year as Brandon Miller. Field goal percentage, though, much lower than Brandon Miller, 40% from three, much lower. He was 32%. So I think you get my drift here. Brandon Miller's numbers compared to other 
wing shooter type of players who have obviously excelled in the NBA and reached those kind of all-star heights that we hope Brandon Miller elevates to, his numbers as a rookie are already comparing favorably. Well, the thing that with Brandon Miller that I've noticed is like his numbers are kind of sneaky. Like he's not coming out there and getting like 10 points in a row. He's actually like getting them one bucket here, one bucket there, you know, a rebound here. Before you know it, you're like, wait a minute, he's got 12 points in the first half? It's like he just kind of just fills it up slowly. So that to me is what impresses me about him is that when he really gets it and he actually is out there and really a part of the offense would actually run in plays for him, he can be a 20-plus point per game scorer in this league easily, not even trying. When he gets it together in terms of knowing when to shoot the ball, when to pass it, when to be aggressive, if I'm hot, let me take a you know a heat check. When those things kind of like register in his head and he gets more of a knowledge about how to play in the NBA game, he could be kind of scary. I agree with you wholeheartedly. As he gets more and more aggressive, his numbers are going to get better and better. They're already really good. That said, maybe not the most entertaining podcast segment, but I, I don't have a huge amount of venom for Jaime Jaquez winning Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. But I do think Brandon Miller is the favorite to win it for December. Yeah, obviously. He'll get up to hopefully a a good start here this month, continuing it against the Chicago Bulls. And we've got our game preview coming up next with the great Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer after this quick break here on the Hornets Ivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Sam Farber joined by Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. You can check out his work each and every day in the Observer. Find him on social media, and he will, of course, be covering the Hornets all throughout the season, including tonight's game at the Chicago Bulls. Rod, you know how these game previews work. We like to look for a player to watch for each side, as well as his statistic, other than points, because that's cheating. That's going to determine who's going to win the game. You're the guest. You get to pick which direction we start with. Do you want to look at a Hornet, a stat, or a Bulls player? Let's do a stat. Okay, go for it. Talk about stats and everything. Uh, I think we know the Hornets have having some issues with rebounding. So to me, it's going to be about rebounding against the Bulls, who controls the boards. We know the big guy, Vucevic's inside for the Bulls. He can have that inside outside, as as Cliff calls it, five out kind of look, where he's pulling the center outside, shooting three pointers, and it's that kind of stuff. So he's averaging ten boards per game. Vucevic is like that's a pretty big number against a team, the Hornets, who don't rebound the ball the way they should. So to me, that is a key number. You keep him off his average, maybe you're in the game in the fourth quarter. I like the pick. I'm going to go in a different direction here, and I'm looking at something else that Coach has touched on in recent days, and that is defending without fouling. The Hornets, uh, quite frankly, have had a really, really rough go of that the majority of the season, and it, it it's cost them. It's cost them quite a few games. Now, the magic number for me here is 19. If the opponent makes 19 or more free throws, the Hornets' record is 1-9. and nine. The only game they won was the first one of the season when they beat Atlanta. Uh, that was actually the season high in free throws made by the opponent, 27. I think Trey Young got all of his points from the free throw line that game. But nevertheless, other than that game, if Charlotte allows 19 or the opponent scores 19 or more points from the foul line, Hornets basically don't win anything. If they're held under 19 points, which is a combination of either the other team's not making their free throws or more typically, Charlotte's just defending without fouling. The numbers get much, much better. Hornets have a 5-3 and three record in those games. So I think what we've talked about this entire podcast, the talent level is there for the Hornets, even without one of their stars in the mellow ball, to win a lot of these games. But if you are gift-wrapping basically 20 points a game to the opposition because you're fouling willy-nilly, it's going to get very hard to win contests. So that's my stat to watch for this one here tonight. Where would you like to go next? A Bulls player or a Hornets player? Let's do a Hornets player. All right, let's do it. To me, it comes down to Terry Rozier right now. I know Terry is uh, having some kind of career numbers the last couple of games here in terms of scoring, but my thing is his assist on top of that um, have been really good. He had 13 assists, I think, against Brooklyn it was um, a couple of games ago, and with LaMelo being out, you got to find ways to make plays for others. You know, Terry was, you know, Terry can go out there and fill up the stat sheet in terms of scoring the ball any given night with anybody in the NBA. But with your playmaker being out, you got to find ways to get other guys involved. And to me, if he can come out there and continue to assist, you know, Mark has been getting and get at least five, six, seven assists maybe, it's going to be good for Horns because you have to find ways to have your normal guys who are getting easy shots from LaMelo's penetration still find buckets to be able to get him with him, with LaMelo being out. So if Terry can come out here and have a good assist game against the Bulls, 
the Hornets will be in decent shape. I like the pick a lot, and his scoring, as you mentioned, has been tremendous. It's not just that he's averaging a career high in, what is it now, 22.5 points per game. It's that he's been 20-plus in basically every single game this season. The only one uh, that he wasn't was one of the first games back from the injury. Otherwise, he's been basically an automatic 20-piece each and every game. And as you mentioned, the last couple of games, uh, not just averaging well over 20 points, actually closer to 30 points per game, but averaging double-digit assists as well. I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward for this one. I think Gordon has been such a steadying presence for the Hornets throughout his time here in the Queen City. This year, it's been a, a little bit more hot and cold for him. You know, typically if you see a player average say 16 points, 15 points a game, uh, the way Gordon Hayward is, he's averaging 14 points per game right now. You expect most games to be somewhere between 16 and 12, 17 and 11, and there's going to be some really hot games and maybe a couple really cold games. For Gordon, this year it's been more of the extremes. He only has one game where he's finished between 16 points and 12 points for his output, which means roughly half of his games have been really good, 20 plus points per game, and half his games have been by his standard, pretty poor, under 10 points per game. So I'm not advocating that we have to have him scoring exactly 15 points per game every night to win, but some of these highs and lows, which maybe are dictated by his role any given day, given the injuries or the shot volume, or there's a lot of factors that play into this. But if he can find a way to eliminate more of those cold games and you know accelerate more of the hot ones, obviously it would help the Hornets. So I'm looking for Gordon Hayward, given the current injury status, to just continue to be that maybe drumbeat for the Hornets and extend it for beyond a quarter or two to the entire game. Last but not least, we need a Bulls player to watch. Well, for me, it's got to be somebody on the perimeter because I feel like the Hornets' three-point defense has been giving them issues. So who shoots threes well for the Bulls? Kobe White. Um, as people know here in the Carolinas, who played his ball for the Tar Heels. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game right now um, and 4.2 assists. But again, his ability to get into the paint Ability to shoot from the outside can cause problems for the Hornets. They seem to have issues at times when they play Kobe White. So to me, he's a guy you want to watch because if he has a big night, the Hornets are going to be in trouble. Just happens that way whenever they play the Bulls. We are thinking in the same line of thought, just a slightly different direction. I also think three-point shooting is going to be a big key here for the Bulls. They have won three out of four when making 15 or more threes. They're not a great three-point shooting team. They're not necessarily a high-volume three-point shooting team. They're kind of a, an outlier. They're the the best team in the NBA at shooting the mid-range two, which is a little bit of a lost art. Speaks to the level of talent they have with some of their guys. Um, But when they do knock down a lot of threes, they become very tough to beat. And for me, the guy that could be a real problem, he hasn't necessarily been it so much this year, is Nikola Vucevic. He's not averaging a ton compared to recent years. He's at 15 points per game, which is the lowest he's had in almost seven, eight years in the NBA, going back to his Orlando time well before he was an all-star. More importantly, he's having one of his worst years shooting from three. He's at 24% entering this one tonight, but he represents the position group that can be the problem for the Hornets in terms of defending the three. He's a center, so really there's not a lot of guys out there that are going to block his shot. It's going to be Mark Williams or whoever's playing the center spot across from him that's got to deny him that shot. But he's such a smart and crafty player, you know, you can't just wildly close out on him. So so he can be an issue. He's not shooting it really well. Unfortunately, the Hornets have run into several guys over the last couple of years who miraculously find their three-point <laughs> shooting form the Every second time. Charlotte shows Every up and time. down. But if 
if the Hornets can keep Vucevic from gaining uh, that three-point stroke, I think they've got a good chance here and obviously keeping the Bulls in general under their normal three-point thresholds. That would bode well for Buzz City as well. No matter how it turns out, you know, Ron Boone will have you covered. Check out his coverage each and every day in the Charlotte Observer. I do it. I hope you subscribe and, and take a listen to all his great work, a look at all his great work, and listen whenever he joins us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rod, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Look forward to doing it again soon. Anytime, Sam. Anytime, man. That's going to do it for this edition of the HHC. Thanks to Ron Boone for joining us in studio. Thanks to Rob Longo, our producer, for putting this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow we'll have a game recap edition of the HHC. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.